Needing a seasoned general to help them put down the rebellion, Francisco Franco was immediately summoned to help turn back the leftist revolutionaries. And after a couple of weeks of bloodshed, which left thousands of combatants dead, the would-be revolutionaries were completely annihilated. But even though this group of left-leaning radicals had been wiped out, their ideology had not. And from this point forward, there would be a sharp split between Spain's socialist left and conservative right. This split would only grow, leading Spain down the path of civil war between the two opposed factions. On the left, a political body known as the Popular Front was established to pull the strength of the Marxists and anarchists into one left-wing cabal. This political organization was then pitted against the so-called Frente Nacional, or National Front, on the right, which contained the more centrist components of society, in addition to an emboldened, much more militaristic, some would say fascist, and staunchly nationalist segment of the traditional conservative wing of Spain. But it was the Popular Front who came out on top when national elections were held on February 16, 1936. However, this was not a victory that the Spanish conservatives could stand for, and fearing an outright communist takeover, they decided to take up arms against the leftists to defend the republic. Franco soon joined this fight and was given command of Spain's Moroccan Army Corps. A week after Franco took charge of this unit, the conservative faction of Spanish government, which was now known as the Nationalists, had been reduced to controlling just one-third of Spanish territory. It was from this vantage point that Franco and his comrades would kick off what would be known as the Spanish Civil War, which began in official capacity in July 1936. Interestingly enough, just like Franco's military career had begun, his first objective when the Spanish Civil War began was to secure Spain's Moroccan territory for the cause. Morocco had become quite a contested piece of real estate, and the nationalists wanted to make sure they could depend on its resources and manpower to aid them against the leftist popular front. It was now suddenly Franco's job to enlist the Moroccans to the cause, either through persuasion or outright brutality, whichever came first. And for Franco, it would seem to be the latter that had his approval when he ordered the execution of over 200 left-leaning soldiers. After this purging of the ranks, Franco sought to ship the troops still loyal to him to Spain. The only problem was that the nationalists' left-leaning adversaries had positioned the Spanish navy right inside the Strait of Gibraltar, completely blocking Franco's access to the Spanish coast. At the moment, Franco's forces seemed to be completely blocked in, but if Francisco Franco was worried, he certainly wasn't showing it. In fact, when an American journalist named J. Allen interviewed him at his base in Tetuan, Morocco, on July 27, 1936, Franco seemed to be sanguine about the whole situation, and even when Allen pointedly asked Franco how long the killing would continue, Franco's response was straightforward and direct. There can be no compromise, no truce. I shall go on preparing my advance to Madrid. I shall advance. I shall take the capital. I shall save Spain from Marxism at whatever cost. The reporter then pressed him again, stressing that he would have to kill about half of Spain's population in the process, and Franco, unmoved by this statement, smiled and told him, I repeat, at whatever cost. <laughs>